Thank you very much. It is great to be home. I uh, enjoyed driving through the cornfields and seeing the windmills that had never been there before. And things change, don't they? And I thoroughly enjoyed the worship service with the drums and the guitars and the piano. And I hadn't heard an organ in church for a long time. That was, that was really neat. So, we want to talk about how God takes people from congregations all over the states and all over the world and flows together to accomplish his task in many spots in the world. And we're gonna, I'm going to give you one example of what your congregation, we, Northwest Christian Church, have been involved in as one of the streams that contribute to bringing for the first time ever to a Muslim group in Russia. Now, it started out as Ukraine. Russians just took over a couple years ago. The Crimean Tatars. So, um, I want you to think about the theme of Thanksgiving, because we're going to do that today, and I'm going to have you respond at various times by saying, let us give thanks. Okay? Let's try it. Let us give thanks. And I'm going to give some assignments to you, too, to count. I'm going to ask the ladies and girls to count how many states I mention in the presentation. And the guys, how many countries? Okay? So get out your notebook and keep tabs. Thanksgiving. Um, Romans tells us this, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness, unrighteousness of men who hinder the truth in unrighteousness because that which is known of God is manifest in them. For God manifested it unto them. Although knowing God, they glorified him not as God, neither give thanks professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God for the likeness of an image of incorruptible man, birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. What's the basic sin here? You can see God all around us. If you just stop and think, when you look at the sky, you look at the sun, you look at the, the created things, okay, it came from a big bang? Where did the big bang come from? You know, think about it. People in every culture have this obvious manifestation of God, and yet they worship things other than God. The basic sin, he says, is knowing God, they did not glorify Him nor give thanks. So if you think about it, the basic heart of sin is not glorifying God and giving Him thanks. This week we're having Thanksgiving, right? So let's take an example from Paul, and I'm going to ask Steve to read this for us. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit, 
and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. So that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord uh, sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report uh, concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. Paul recognized a local congregation in Greece, Thessalonica, had lived the life of faith, demonstrating the word and love of God in their lives. And the word of that went out to their whole community, to the communities around them. In fact, it sounded forth to all the world. Now, before I develop that point, I want you to think about what is the word of the Lord. Sum it up. What's the heart of the good news? That Jesus, the Son of God, became flesh and lived among us, and he died and historically was raised from the dead and ascended to heaven where he reigns and poured out his Holy Spirit on us to inhabit our individual bodies and the body of the church and to carry out his work of bringing the kingdom. He, he asked us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So through you, through the church, through your body individually, your minds and hearts, the kingdom of God is to come and be a transforming power in the community. You think the world's falling apart? I do. You think we live in a bubble? We do. We are very protected and very blessed. And you need to think about why. You know, I've been in the huts in Papua New Guinea and in the deserts in Africa, and I've been places where you think, how do people even survive here? And without hope, worshiping gods in the bush and the trees and animals and scared to death of the spirits. And we are so blessed. Why? Jesus said, those who are given much of much is expected. And what's he expecting? That we, through our lives, transform the world that we live in. Short sermon there. Okay, now let's think about this. The failure to give thanks is at the heart of sin. Missing the mark of who we really are. People created in the image of God, even the guys and gals that are on dope, who are prostitutes, who are thieves, who would mug you on the street, are made to be in the image of God, and they've lost it, and he's asked us to help bring it to them. That's why we're here. So we need to give thanks, even in hardship, which brings closeness to God and joy. 
In Thessalonians, uh, we have the example of Paul giving thanks for the church and for the word that was sin- sounded forth from that congregation. So, you are like the Thessalonians, Northwest Christian Church members. For not only has the word of God sounded forth from you, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we don't need to say anything. The evidence is there. Not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you here in Lincoln and many other congregations, but it has gone forth everywhere. So I want you to think about what God has done with you in sounding forth the word. We're focusing on the global service that Northwest is involved in. John Shirley sitting right down here is one of the examples of that. Andy and Shona Ingram, who uh, work with us in Piner Bible Translators, are far, uh, part of that. And I didn't know everybody, so I asked John and told him I was going to call on him to tell me who, uh, who else went from this congregation. He mentioned uh, Bill and Marcy Smith and Scott and Debbie Whitehurst. And I know that the Huffmans were a part of this congregation back before it was, when it was in the first building. And Dean Huffman served in Papua New Guinea, or in uh, Ukraine. So there are probably others, and then you have people that went forth into ministry here in the States, and you could name them. Give thanks for them. So let's say for all of those that God has sent, and you sent us, let's say, let's give thanks. Let's give thanks. The vision that Jesus gave us is this. And this gospel will go forth. Uh, Gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole earth as a testimony to all nations. The word actually there is ethnic groups. And then the end will come. Uh, Pioneer Bible Translators is one of those missions that you support and actually help you help start. Um, Our our vision is simple. Change lives through God's Word in every language. Almost 7,000 languages in the world, and many don't have the Scripture yet. Uh, PBT has grown from 1965 when it was officially organized to 456 adults, 264 children, translating the Bible in 84 languages for 38 million people in 18 countries. And you know, when we started, it was just an idea. I was teaching at Lincoln, and Al Hamilton came through, and David Philbeck was there teaching, and he said, hey, we've got three families that want to go to Papua New Guinea, but we don't have a mission-sending organization that will do what we want to do, which is translate the Bible and plant churches and, and help change each ethnic group that we work with. Uh, will you guys help us? And so we got on board. And... Um, Six years later, the board said to Janice and me, uh, you guys need to go to Texas and work with uh, people who are being trained there at the linguistic training school and help them get ready. And um, we packed up our little station wagon with our pets and our kids and plants and took off for Texas. It was a foreign country, but... (laughs) um, We give thanks to you 
I give thanks to you because this congregation is my home one. This is where my parents uh, moved in 1956, and Northwest was just in a house not very far from here. And um, uh, I went to LBI, which is now Lincoln Christian University, met my wife Janice. We were married in 62. She has been a fantastic partner, totally committed to this, helping in many ways, helping start our children's training program uh, for missionary families that go overseas, and uh, fully committed. My mom and dad taught classes. I can remember my dad teaching a class, a Bible class, uh, with a little podium down there. And I thought, I want to do that someday. I get to now down in Dallas. Um, They died here. We had their funeral here. My brother uh, served as youth minister a short time. My sister Anita worked in the school that you had here. Um, Her husband, Les White, served as your minister for a number of years. And uh, you ordained us to ministry. And you had no idea, and we didn't either, that you're sending us to the ends of the earth. Um, So, I want to say and ask you to join me, let's give thanks. Think about how many families you have helped like that. How many people have been involved in Christ's body, the church, because of what you're doing. Um, I call my life running to keep up with God because that's what we've been doing. When PBT started, we had people to go before we even had a way to send them. And uh, it's been that way ever since. Uh, I want to give you... um, an example of the Crimean Tatar project uh, that uh, we were invited to take part of. And I would like, this is where you'll be counting states and countries uh, that contributed to the streams that flowed together to bring this about. Um, Here's the first part of it. Doug and Penny uh, uh, Lucas, who founded Team Expansion, Wayne's on the board of Team Expansion, so he can tell us a lot more about that. Uh, Had been in Crimea, Ukraine, which is a little peninsula that sits down on the the top of the Black Sea coast from Ukraine, and uh, had seen these people coming from Uzbekistan, settling there. And he came to me at the National Missionary Convention and said, would you and PBT give us somebody could translate just a a small portion of scripture we could use for evangelizing these Tatars. And uh, one of my students from Lincoln, who I'd worked with in the Greek program, Dr. Carl Bridges now, was teaching at Johnson. He spent his sabbatical, he was Johnson in Tennessee. (laughs) Um, He uh, had a sabbatical, and I asked him, since he'd been a missionary over in Africa before, if he would go to Crimea and translate, you know, get somebody and translate a small portion of Scripture so they could be used for evangelism. And uh, we chose what's called the prophets, the story of Adam, the story of Noah, the story of Abraham, David, Solomon, Daniel, and so forth. And for each of those, we got a passage in the New Testament that referred to that person and Jesus. so the Tatars could relate to Jesus and see how he fit in. And so for Adam, there was the Genesis passage about Adam, and then there was the Matthew 
and Luke genealogy that related Jesus to Adam and Abraham, who they reverence, and Jesus, who they also reverence as a prophet. And so we did that with each passage, and Carl went and did that. And I announced this to um, uh, the uh, Forum of Bible Agencies. Well, wait a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, we need to say, for this we give thanks. Because he accepted that call. And um, let's see. At the... um, the Crimean Tatars that he translated for are a a Turkish group from the Altai Mountains and uh, in Siberia. If you know where Mongolia is, the mountains stretch north from that. And this is where all the Turkish people immigrated from. They came on horses and they conquered lots of areas. And the Crimean Tatars, very close in their dialect to that of Turkey, Uh, came north of the Black Sea instead of going south to Turkey and settled. And uh, they formed a Khanate, and you can still go to the Khan's palace there. And uh, surprisingly, I I discovered this, they were known for growing grapes and making wine, which, you know, for a Muslim group, you'd think that's kind of funny because Muslims don't drink wine. In fact, when we did the uh, passage later of Jesus' life, we had a Crimean Tatar paint pictures of Jesus' life from the announcement to Mary to crucifixion and resurrection, uh, Zarema Trasnova, and she uh, painted a picture when he came back from the temple with his parents, you know, where he'd stayed and talked with the, uh, the uh, 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 scribes, and, scribes and wise men in the temple. And then it said, he came home to Nazareth with his parents and was subject to his parents. She painted a picture of that and showed Jesus in a market with fruits and vegetables and jugs and things around, standing by Mary, holding a jug. And our translator looked at that and he said, Zarema, that, you know, if the people know that looks like a wine jug. And that'll be a problem for Muslims, won't it? And she said, oh, no, we weren't that kind of Muslim. (laughs) We were the greatest winemakers in this area, and we shipped to the Black Sea countries and to Caribbean, and we were famous for that. (laughs) Interesting things you learn. (laughs) And um, they were conquered by Catherine the Great, Russia, And then in 1944, Stalin deported them on trains in the middle of the winter, and they died by the thousands. He put them to work in the Ural Mountains, chopping wood for the Soviet army, and more died. And finally, those that were left, he put in Uzbekistan. Now, in Perestroika, back in 89-90, they were given permission to return to their homeland, Crimea. And they started filtering in, and the Ukrainian government actually gave them land, homestead land that they could build on. And that's when Doug and Penny arrived. So these are the people. They weren't heavily radical Muslims at all, as you can tell. (laughs) They were nominal. But they still identified strongly as being a Muslim people. So... Let's see how God reached them, or is reaching them. 
Um, I don't know if you can see all the yellow spots on the map, but uh, here is Crimea, where they are. And there are spots over here and over here and in Europe and up in Moscow and here in the States. And think about drawing yellow lines from that over to Crimea, right there. It's like a river with streams flowing into it. You know, Mississippi has Missouri and Ohio and Tennessee River flows into the Ohio and you know, they all feed into it. The Illinois River flows into it. God has a river that flowed to reach them and that's a part of what you are a part of. So let's go through and see what happened. Um, I, I went to an international meeting of Bible agencies, um, started in Europe, and I don't know where I was when this happened, but it could have been England or Netherlands or Moscow. And I reported that we were translating a portion for the Crimean Tatars. And at a later meeting, Marianne Birlemore, who came from Switzerland and was now the head of the Institute for Bible Translation in Moscow, but it had been in Sweden to begin with, but moved to Moscow after Perestroika, um, reported at the agency's meeting that they had published four books for the Crimean Tatars in, of the Bible, and nobody would accept them on the street. And they didn't know why, and she heard that we were doing this portion, and she said, why don't you, PBT, take on the translation of the whole Bible for the Crimean Tatars, and we'll help you. And she offered to, to provide consultants and training for the national translators and so forth, and uh, put Marina Lamova of Russia and Ukraine over the task. And so the, pro the task began. I said, God willing, we'll find someone to do it. So, let us give thanks. Um, there was a couple at Lincoln Christian Seminary um, who had met in Kharkov, Ukraine, and he was there studying Bible and Zhenya uh, Shved, and he um, needed to get his biblical training, but they both spoke Russian and they came from that region right at the time that Doug Lucas asked, or, or Marianne uh, Birlemore asked us to take on the project. How could that happen? I went to them and said, would you guys take this on? And they said, oh, Genia said, well, I'm a linguist, I know five languages, I studied in Russia, and I'm learning my Bible now, and I was gonna go to Papua New Guinea. But we'll pray about it. So they prayed and they decided they would do it. So they took that on, and um, Amy had been trained in church planning with Team Expansion, and so we made a, uh, a partnership with Team Expansion Ministry, which is in Kentucky, and um, uh, we, uh, she came from California, from the West Valley Christian Church, and to, to go to Russia originally. Their minister was Glenn Kirby, and Zhenya uh, came from Volgograd, which is, well, the map's not up there, but it's to the east of Ukraine. It's in Russia, one of the big 
places where they made ships and uh, aircraft for the Soviet Air Force and Navy. Uh, they were both engineers, and they were Marxist, atheist, and he was that, until he went to study um, uh, in Kharkov University, and uh, there was a guy from Kentucky who um, was named Larry Travis, a campus minister, who went to Kharkov University with team expansion to um, evangelize the students. And he hired Zhenya Shved to be his translator. 20 days he translated Larry's uh, teaching and preaching. Guess what happened at the end of 20 days? Zhenya said, I want to follow Jesus. And then he and Amy got together and they came to Lincoln. That's, that's how it happened. Um, so we can say for this, we give that. See a lot of providential things in here that seem to be accidentally falling together right at the right time. Uh, in 2000, Zhenya and Amy moved to Crimea. He went to the university and he studied there under Dr. Ider Mimitov, head of the Turkish language department. He excelled so well, Ider said to him, I want you to be my PhD student. Zhenya said, I might do that sometime, but I'm here now to translate the Bible into your language. And I want you to help us. <laughs> Tell me about it, he said. Zhenya explained it. And he said, okay. They're, they're very hierarchically oriented. He said, let me talk to your boss. And uh, I was serving as president then, and Zhenya said, well, Ronald's coming, and uh, within the month, I'll bring him up. So he took me up to the university, sent me down to his office, brought in great chai, tea, we had tea, and then they brought in Turkish coffee, which really was very, very good. It, it's enough to make Starbucks envious, and I love their espresso. And he ex we explained what the project was and invited him, and he said, why don't you come to my house tonight? Went to his apartment, it was all fixed up. Outside it was just a gray concrete Soviet era building. But inside he had it all fixed up. His wife was there, table spread out, seven course meal. Then he sat back and explained his own personal philosophy. He was a Marxist, he didn't tell us that, but he was a humanist, he said, didn't believe in God. But he was very impressed with Jesus' teaching, he had read the Sermon on the Mount. And he said, that is some of the best ethical teaching in the world. And our people need that. And besides that, the Bible is world literature. So why not? I will help you. And he did. He got four, four translators from the university. He became the one that checked the style and the language and uh, did the final check on that before we did the exegetical check against the Greek and Hebrew. And um, he, oh, we, and we got to say, for this we give thanks. Uh, he reported why they had rejected the scriptures that had been translated by IBT. He said, the biggest problem was they embarrassed the leadership. The imams, the um, majlis, which is like a Sanhedrin for the Muslims, and the newspapers, 
nobody knew about it. And suddenly the people were passing them out. And secondly, it was in the wrong dialect. So he promised that every passage that we translated would be taken to the leadership first. So the Medjilis and the Imams and the the uh, newspaper and the libraries got copies of it before it was published. In fact, they got to review it for language and everything else. And so it was a good way to teach them too. And that happened. And um, for that we can say, because I dare was used by God as a non-believer to get involved in this project and put his resources and contacts at, at God's mercy. For this, we give thanks. They lived among the Crimean Tatars. They served them. Southeast Christian Church went there and built a playground for kids in the neighborhood. Genu was called the imam of many of the people there because he would go and pray with them when they're sick and take care of them. And Amy had Bible studies for their children. Because our goal is not just a translated Bible, but this Bible in the lives of people, transforming them and churches growing out of it. That's what it's all about. Um, For this, we give thanks. Try again. For this, we give thanks. God sent a team there. Samantha Hamer was from uh, LCU. Uh, from Arizona. Actually, she had grown up in Africa and and, uh, China. And uh, Shannon Haney from Indiana, Christian Annie Berry from Florida, Matt and Tammy Grin, who also went to LCU, Matt did anyway, from Florida and Texas. Um, That team went and they did not only translation, but scripture use we call it scripture engagement, getting people involved in listening to the scripture audio and, and, and seeing the Jesus film and um, uh, trying to help people understand who Jesus is. Um, other organizations joined in. Um, CMF, team expansion from the beginning, the Korean missionaries, the Gagus, which is an ethnic group uh, in Romania, uh, Australian missionaries, the Netherlands uh, Church Mission uh, joined in and provided money for publishing. For this, we give thanks. So, today I want you to rejoice with us as we. Hmm. What happened to my? There. Oh, I think. I, wow. What happened? <laughs> for this, we give thanks. <laughs> Anyway, I had one slide at the end. (laughs) Okay, I I want us to look at the video. 2016, March, we had a dedication of a completed Bible. Took 16 years, not only of checking it against the Greek and Hebrew, but taking it out to communities, to young people, to children, to old people, there are a few of us here that are, might be classified that way. It was read, and we got feedback, and they'd say, we don't say it that way. What does that mean? Or we get, they got the wrong idea, and we'd correct it then. And all of those worked together in the Crimean Tatar community. 
and 16 years, here it is. And um, Steve, in, after this um, video, I want you to come up. Okay, let's see the video. So I brought a copy for you from the dedication, and you'll have to brush up on your Cyrillic script reading. If you've had Greek, it'll be a lot easier because I borrowed it from Greek. So Steve can read this to you and explain. <laughs> it's got uh, maps and uh, charts and things in the back. Thank you. Yeah, That's thank you. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I got a close here. Okay, now. 
Here's the thing I want you to know now. Um, there are three to 400 believers among the Crimean Tatars, and there's about a half million of them back in Crimea now. Another half million in uh, Uzbekistan. There's a group down in Turkey. We're taking scriptures out to them. We don't know numbers there, but uh, we know that there are small groups in different communities throughout Crimea getting together, worshiping God, studying the Bible, acknowledging Jesus the Messiah as God's Son. It's very difficult for them. After this dedication, I went to a church dinner out in the village. And a lady came up to us whose name was Zarema. Somebody brought her and introduced her, and she was a new believer. And we gave her a Bible. And she took it and almost cried. She said, this is so precious. And then she said, please pray for me. Because I just became a believer. I was a Muslim, and I prayed to Muhammad when I was sick. And he didn't answer me. And I prayed to Jesus, and he did. And then in Russian, she said something like, duh, I should have known. (laughs) Muhammad's dead. Jesus is alive. And then she said, please pray for me because I want to be baptized, and if I do, my husband will kill me. Furthermore, the Russians are putting very strict rules of pressing evangelical believers. You can't do anything outside a church building in terms of worshiping God. You can't have home groups. That's all we have for Crimean Tatars. They're still meeting, but it's dangerous. If somebody's mad at them, they'll just report them. So pray for them. It's true all over Russia. And we're working in Russia and other places too. Pray for them. Our task is just begun with the Bible. It's the word to be planted. It's not finished until there are lives transformed, reaching every ethnic group through church planting movements. That's what it's about. So thank you. Thank you, Northwest. God bless you. And Steve's going to close with us. We're gonna uh, we're gonna sing a song of invitation, and we're gonna have um, some of our, our prayer folks up here if you want to pray, or um, if you're interested in, in hearing more about Jesus. Maybe you're you're um, uh, kind of just kind of beginning a relationship with him or thinking about him. We'd love to have um, a conversation with you about that, and and it's just a reminder that I think sometimes, especially this time of year, um, we, we tend to be a little bit focused in our Thanksgiving in terms of. Um, what's happening in our lives. And uh, what I really am so grateful to Randall for is that I hope he expanded our view a little bit about um, how God is, is working in the world. And man, this is a, this is a precious thing that, that you've all been a part of uh, through your generosity. We're, we're able to support uh, Pioneer and, and get this work done. And this is a, this is a really big deal. And, and it's a Um, God's done an amazing work here. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. Go ahead and stand, and uh, we're going to sing a song of invitation. Mm -hmm.